Hi, welcome to Rockle and Russell's YouTube review. Each week we'll be setting each other challenges uh, on YouTube and finding videos for hopefully your entertainment. Welcome to part two of our podcast. We'll be talking about Stuart Lee, Hale and Pace and all other things related to sketch comedy. Hope you enjoy part one and here's part two featuring Ian Miller. <laughs> Um, this is a visual one, but like I said, you'll have to uh, look up this online. Okay, mate. That's great. All right, let's try a few starts. Now, so important to get this right. You can be 100% fit. You can be the best there is. But if your timing's out, so focus. Okay. And ready? Okay, mate. <laughs> We're just a little bit late there. Right. It's a little bit late, so... OK. Try it again. OK. Ready? Yeah, st still a little bit late. Come back basically immediately after the gun. OK. OK? Immediately after the gun. Yeah. OK, okay. we'll try the, try the full routine. OK. OK. Ready? Are you marks? Set! Now again, there's just that tiny delay. Um, basically, if you can not delay at all, okay, right, so that'd be so no delay. Exactly, <laughs> no delay. Okay, okay, yeah. Ready? No, no. <laughs> Too small a delay there. Right. Okay, but basically, you you went off before I fired the gun. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Got it? Yeah, I've got it. Okay. Ready? <laughs> no, that's that's too too big a delay now. Right. All right. That's it. We'll we'll try and rein it back to the original delay. Okay. 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 All right. Got it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Ready? <laughs> that, Mike. That's what I mean. I mean you're on your mark, set. That that was fine. But uh, you know, if, if you you delay after the gun, that's that's the only sticking point you see. Right. If you don't delay after the gun, then uh, well, that's it. You're gonna have it cracked. Right. I mean, you can run 100 metres in nine seconds. If you don't <laughs> delay, you're gonna be an Olympic gold medalist. Think... Simple as that. <laughs> I'll tell you what. We'll try. We'll try one more. We'll have a break. Have a cup of tea. All right. Okay. 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 Yep. Yep. Ready. Perfect. That's it, Mike. All right, straight line. Straight line, Mike. Straight line. That's it. Straight line, Mike. Put on straight line. Back on the track. Back. Mike. You're right. Mike. Probably, I think, my favourite sketch comedy programme of all time. I think it's sort of 99.9% .9 hits on every sketch for me. It's it's just brilliant. Brilliantly written. From the same before, it's Graham Linehan, isn't it? Arthur Matthews. Yeah, and, and just also the best actors in there. I mean, you've got like Simon Pegg and is it Mark Heap as well, I think, isn't it? Um, but just the sort of people that are always in, you know, they're in Partridge, they're in yeah. all of these great comedy programmes. I think that's also where some sketch comedy falls down, is that yeah. it's not performed that well but when you've got like 
actors of the ability of like Simon Pegg and that in it. It just it mm. elevates all the sketches up, and yeah, I've, that that's one of my favourite ones because it's just that right mix of sort of surreal and and just what I'm looking for. It's a quintessentially British as well, isn't it? As a as a sketch program, <laughs> like you know, I think it's if an American watched this program, I don't think you'd laugh once. You know the yeah uh, the sketch where the he's they're planning the train. Uh, line from London to Edinburgh and they continuously <laughs> saying well that train's too big but it's like on a map kind of thing it's so subtle <laughs> I think that <laughs> it's not you know there's no big gags in it but you are continuously <laughs> laughing through that sketch Kevin Eldon is the, uh, the guy with the starting pistol isn't he he's one of the best uh, sketch comedy actors the, like the world's ever seen but he will never get any credit from anyone other than you know big fans of him even though he had a film role in uh, Hot Fuzz didn't he but I don't think he's been really in anything else other than little bit parts, but he does pop up in Partridge as the uh, yeah. the racist guy who's in the lift. And yeah. <laughs> I, I say that after the last clip. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, as, as Simon Pegg was a stand-up comedian at the time, wasn't he? And obviously went on to great things. Yeah, I think he, he'd like you say, he does bring a lot to it. Is there any other big, big train sketches you really like? Uh, there's one with Catherine Tate and she's coming into the office for a new job. And it's like uh, she, she gets introduced to Simon Pegg, who she's working with and uh, focuses on Simon Pegg and he's got crossed eyes and it's like they're introduced and Simon Pegg says, oh, uh, I've got some good news, actually. And she just butts in and goes, oh, you have an operation to sort out your crossed eyes. And then he just looks at her and says, no, actually, I'm getting married. And then it just keeps focusing on their faces. like face. And then back to his with the cross eyes. And it's just like this build-up of tension. And everyone else in the office is just sort of trying to look elsewhere, just like... That's a good niche, uh, like, because, you know, most people say the wanking office or they go with... Uh, is it all the hunters, isn't it? The um... Yeah. Oh, the show jumpers, yeah, firefighting, firefighting show jumpers. Or, or the, there was a, the running theme of the staring contests in there as well, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. The jockeys, <clears throat> the jockeys hiding from and Prince, Prince hunting <laughs> the jockeys. Yeah. There's a good yeah. one that Simon Pegg does as well, where he's teaching his kid to ride his bike. Yeah, I looked at that one, <laughs> and he keeps sort of pushing him, and he falls off, and then it just gets more and more ludicrous. And at the end, it kind of pushes the kid off on the bike, and it tips over, and then mm. bursts into flames like something out of The Simpsons. <laughs> and you can just hear Simon Boy, you can just hear Simon Pegg saying, "Right, do it again this time, but don't go on fire this time." Big Train. I initially I looked at Big Train once I knew we were going to be doing this, but then it was it's perfect really because once I knew that Miller had picked Big Train, I thought, oh, "That's great. That gives us an opportunity to speak about Big Train without me having to." use yeah. one of my choices it wasn't on the air for, air for that long was it no i can only remember a couple no. of series of it if, if that yeah i think it's two series two series only Mm-mm. at the time that i watched it i thought that it wasn't that great and i remember used to saying to my brother and that when we watched it that i thought there was a lot of outstanding sketches in it but probably out of a whole series, you can make one or two good episodes because we didn't appreciate some of the ones that when you rewatch it when you're older, you do. So at the time, I liked individual bits out of it, but not the thing as a whole. And then when I watched it 10 years later, loved it all. Yeah, I don't think I was a massive lover of it at first. I must admit, I was probably similar to you. I think I was still sort of very much in the Harry Enfield, sort of more of a catchphrase sort of sort of sketch. Because it hasn't, we were talking earlier, weren't we? It hasn't aged well, uh, Harry Enfield and Chums. No, I don't think so. I did look at a few of those and I suppose I, I still like them because I remember yeah. remember what it was like watching it when I was like 11 years old or whatever and just thinking it was the funniest 
thing I'd ever seen. I think that was like that was almost like event TV for me. If there's yeah. a new episode like Harry Enfield and Chums, it's like I had to watch it just so I could get the catchphrases out first thing at school the next day. But yeah, look at, looking back on it, it's not it's not aged well. And maybe it's just because I, I know the catchphrases too well now. But uh, have you watched any of Harry and Paul? Yeah. No. <clears throat> well, Harry and Paul, they're kind of updating, they take the mickey out of certain types of shows and things, don't they? And they're quite good, I think, where they take the mickey yeah, out of panel shows, for example. Yeah, I like their uh, one where they decided to be Ricky Gervais in everything because it's the most popular way to act now in comedy so yeah. they're both just acting like Ricky Gervais all the time I think Craig Lambert's taken that to a new level <laughs> oh well I know what you mean that kind of nonchalant yeah so yeah and he inhales a breath <laughs> I used to um do you remember uh, Harry Enfield and Chums I don't know if it was every episode or the special like Christmas ones or something, but you'd have the sketches all the way through it. And then at the end, they would have one sketch like in a shop or an airport where all the characters were in the same place at the same time. Whenever Emma watches like Howie or anything now, I always say that's what it reminds me of because all the way through the show, you see all the individual people in The Only Way is Essex kind of having their little conversations and disputes. And then at the end of every episode, they're always in one party together. <laughs> yeah, in in a in a nightclub or in a bar or a bloody paintball place or wherever it is that they are, they just bring them all together. So it's like Harry Enfield. Do you have to put up with many of those shows, Mark? Through Emma? No, it's not too bad. Towie, that's the only one of those types that she's ever got. She's, yeah. she's not really fussed by any of the others. A few years ago, she used to watch more, but then I think they just they just run their course, didn't they? Yeah. So no, not many. <laughs> what about you, Villa, with uh, Vicky? Uh, Australian Love Island. Wow, it's it is better than the British one. I've I've watched both. I can make an honest assessment of both. Australian is better. Better class of woman on them. <laughs> uh, but also the blokes are more like you get just down the pub. They're just like they're all like tradies and it tends to kick off they tend to have actual fights in it as well which is reasonably entertaining but yeah that's the only one for me that i'm sort of forced to sit through i, I spoke to my wife about the program she watches and i said like it makes me almost think less of you that you enjoy watching married at first sight australia or she said well you shouldn't judge people on though that kind of thing because it's completely escapism and i could just turn off my brain and watch this uh, like a uh, rubbish you know i 100 agree with her now i think i think probably have the same for myself with like football i suppose like i don't have to think about all my other problems in the world if when i'm watching sheffield united leicester yeah vicky tends to watch a lot of like medical programs like 24 hours in a and e and i just feel like that's the worst sort of program to watch because it just makes you terrified of everything. It's like someone comes in with like a fork impaled through their eye where they slipped on the table mm. and that's it. Eyes gone for life. But it's also, it's, it's just a lot of the scenes are just people talking in the hospital waiting room. It's just like, how is that entertaining at all? Like someone yeah. with like blood pouring out their head, sort mm-hmm. of groaning to their mum about how much pain they're in. Uh, before you met uh, Vicky, Ian, can I ask you about this story of when uh, you chatted up a girl at a, in a bar pretending you were one of the writers from In Between Us? He has the same name as me and it's spelled <laughs> exactly the same. So I just dropped in and I said, oh yeah, by the way, you heard of In Between Us? She was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm, uh, I produced the movie. That was it. Done. <laughs> Did you ask Signed, to- sealed, delivered. Did she ask you to prove it in any way? Uh, yeah, we looked it up on Google. 
and she was convinced by the fact that I had the exact same name, spelt the same way. Wow. I said, I suppose success story. I, I tweeted him after the actual guy and said, like, I, I share your name and I've sort of been going around chatting up people, pretending I'm you. Is it okay to carry on doing that? And he gave me the go ahead. He said, yeah, go for it. So that's it. But then that's a good job you were like a murderer, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> going around doing terrible things to people and saying that I'm the producer of the Inbetweeners movie. <laughs> oh, Mark, that's, that's led me on to think of the story, mate, when you were, uh, was you at a bar and a girl was giving her number to another guy? Yeah. I don't know if that will scam, scam well now <laughs> in the current climate. <laughs> yeah, so earwig and sort of took it down myself and then just started sending stupid things Pretended you were the it. bloke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember any examples well, of the t- actually stu- stupid things as well, not horrible things, just stupid yeah. messages. Yeah. Could you remember an example yeah. of one of them? Uh, probably those Nokia dynamite tech. <laughs> please, please, people in the world don't go and do that. Yeah. I think it would have been exclusively Nokia dynamites. If anybody remembers what a Nokia dynamite is of the of the one hundred <laughs> listeners. <laughs> yeah. I remember a time in uh, Leeds, Mark, where you tried to get into the VIP section of this club pretending you were Danny and Noel from Hearsay with our friend Bert. Yeah. We didn't get in. (laughs) (laughs) But we we, we tried to sing at one point to prove it, but they they still didn't go for it. I think the funniest bit was when we we told him who we were and he just was ignoring us or just not, not interested. So we sang and then there was just like a moment of silence afterwards and I thought I'm going to give it one more go so in the kind of to break the silence I just tapped on my shoulder and went right come on mate stop fucking around there's in there (laughs) (laughs) then did a guy come out at that point and then Bert pointed in his face and said and who's that fucking nobody (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure if we go to 20 episodes and we'll try and get 20 more Bert related stories who is a unique individual at best he's a very loyal and lovely lovely bloke but I feel like if I ever bring someone new to meet Bert, I feel like I need to explain him. In advance. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's going to be like this, but don't worry. He's like this with everything. Yeah. First time I took Vicky down in the pub, I was like, he will say who's the tart. <laughs> yeah. He'll probably call you a slag at some point, but he doesn't mean it. I've had to do that. You're going to meet... And then, luckily enough, I told so many stories about Bert that a lot of my friends are like, well, I, hope I take down the football club or something and go, oh, well, I get to meet that Bert today. And I'm, yeah, you're probably going <laughs> to... That's probably going to happen at some point. I think I was the same as everyone else. Within the first week, I did thought, I'm probably not going to get on with this guy. And then now, I think he's one of my best and loyal friends. Yeah, he's a lovely, lovely bloke. And he's really nice as well. Like, I, yeah. I've had times where I've kind of... Since I moved away from Hertfordshire and have lived, lived in Reading, I go back, you know, or when I would go back occasionally for things. And I've, I've gone into places before and sort of... Sort of go to the bar and you start chatting to someone and there's been a couple of times where I've been speaking to someone and they've actually said oh when Bert found out you were coming back he was so happy he was so he's so excited to see you it's really nice to know that someone yeah. likes you that much uh, there was a situation in the oak where uh, a guy was telling me about his uh, at the bar was telling me about his uh, taxi being cancelled and we had this catchphrase at the time no one cares you dick but said in a stupid mm. voice so it kind of got like abbreviated to n1cud so this guy was telling me and i went oh no one cares you dick and he started getting his back up about it and i was like oh, ap- apologetic as i would be not wanting any trouble in the pub i turned to bert and said did you hear what he said to me and bert screamed in his face no one cares you dick <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, but the outside looking in, you think, oh, that, but the bloke deserved it. So, yeah, I think maybe that could be uh, something looped, like Monkey News, Mark, will have a story about Bert each week. So I'll get on with another clip. It's a lovely green, isn't it? It's lovely. So lush. Just bursting with life. Yes, and the thing is, the funny thing with colour is I just need to mix in a little bit of purple to set the green off. Mm. As a sort of visual echo to the purple in the heather. Huh? Yes, that's right. That's right. Now, I must not get too carried away with the green. Remember to leave some room for that road and that little house over oh. there. I love the uh, dark V that hill's making on the horizon. Yes, it's very dark, isn't it? It's mm. uh, almost black. Johnny. Yes, I shall, I shall need to get the black out. Johnny. Yes, it's black. that follow me into the forest of doom and hide in the wardrobe of darkness. Black! 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 Listen! Listen! Do you hear? The moon is weeping in a secret room. They tap at my window with tiny balls. Going home now, Johnny. <laughs> oh, oh, the mugs are troubled and full of woe. I'm a fly trapped in a bottle of shadows. Right, Mark, go ahead. I definitely had to have the far show in there. And we were saying earlier about Harry Enfield and Chums, and obviously Paul Whitehouse was originally tied quite heavily to that show. But the far show was the first one that I remember uh, it just being such a big thing for such a long time and I just I just always liked it always liked it and just loved Paul Whitehouse and um, even though he's not in that sketch this is a, a bit of a, a bit of a funny one because we're recording on Mother's Day that's a sketch that me and my mum used to really laugh at and still do now so it just when I was when I was like looking over the last few days and then it got to this morning and I thought to myself oh, I think that's that's the one that keeps kind of creeping back up there's little bits in it you can <laughs> audio only again a lot of these you need to watch them but just just when you're already kind of chuckling along there's a bit where he sort of just it looks like he's um sort of improving by that point where he tips the easel over and just whacks it against his his friend's head very good and the far the far show one of the things that I saw while I was looking for clips was the last bit of the last ever fast show you know when it was as a tv series it went on stage and went live and specials and bits and pieces but the the, the, the sign off that they did was really good the fast show as well kind of finished it on a on a sketch and then like had all the regular characters doing like a, a farewell mm. great sketch show but i don't yeah. know how many series i know we were saying earlier big frame was only a couple fast show was went on for a, a while didn't it yeah well it, it was so big it like it got to a stage where you get proper big celebrity cameos which a lot a lot of sketches yeah. can get Miller you were talking to me earlier about the fast show mate yeah I'm a big fan as well mostly the Simon Day ones I must admit he was my favourite of the actors in there I loved the competitive dad that's one of the ones I was looking at competitive dad today. yeah I, I mean that's brilliant when he's playing cricket in the field with a tennis ball and he forces his son to do underarm rather yeah. than overarm because <laughs> it'll be easier on his shoulders and then he just 
starts like twatting it about <laughs> a mile across the field. And then it gets to a point where he's like counting runs in the like 900s and it's like, that's 1,000 of the Queen's runs. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, that's yeah. brilliant. And I loved, I, I used to love Dave Angel uh, Eco yeah. Warrior. Yeah. I think because I was a bit of a fan of Frank Butcher, even though I wasn't a massive EastEnders watcher, mm. Frank Butcher, I don't know why, something about him. Yeah. Loved it. I saw a bit of, bit of that obviously in Dave Angel. I don't know if he, mm. if you know if that's if he modelled it on like oh. Creed. <laughs> I think the outside monkfish. Yeah, because it's big with Mike Reed and like on the Big Breakfast as well. Did pun around, didn't they? Where Johnny Vaughan continues, our oh, Johnny Vaughan theme continues of uh, doing impressions of Mike Reed. Yeah, I like I love the Fast Show. But then there was another program I looked back on, and there was a lot of stuff in there that like the. Uh, the kind of Mexican family playing pan pipes and things. I can quite happily skip those bits now, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, the bloke in the Birmingham City fan uh, uh, shirt with yeah. his family running to catch a flight. Or... <laughs> oh, yeah. Colin Dunn, Office Trolley. Do you remember the character Colin Dunn? He was like oh, the... Colin Hunt. Colin Hunt, Hunt yeah. that's it, sorry. Yeah. And he was the dickhead office wanker that like, kind of ruining everyone's day by trying to be funny. And I remember in one episode, he took his wife on a virtual flight to like Thailand or something, which lasts 13 hours of him pretending to fly a plane while like, <laughs> bringing her peanuts and things. So she had just had to put up and see it. The, the guy in the pub as well, the pub uh, expert on everything. When I oh, think Billy Beach. Yeah. And I think about it, I think, oh, that, well, I know what I'm going to be doing later now. I used to actually like, he didn't, he wasn't on it as much, but there was an, it was another pub bloke. Uh, I think his name was Stan. He was like an old guy with like smoker's teeth. Oh, hardest job in the world. Yeah, I used to <laughs> like him a lot. Whatever anyone, whatever anyone was doing, he'd, he'd claim that he'd done it. Man, I'm 30 years, man, man a boy. boy yeah. <laughs> hardest job in the world, isn't it? Yeah, so many good sketches come out of the Fast Show. Um, what that sketch is, Charlie Hickson and Arabella Ware? Arabella Ware, yeah. Yeah, they've, uh, Charlie Hickson, I've read a, like, a series of books by him. The Enemy? I don't know if you either of you seen them. Children's literature almost, but it's based around a world where they, they live in the Emirates Stadium. Children live in the Emirates Stadium and all like people over 30 want to kill all kids kind of thing. They're like zombies. So you can only yeah. survive when you're young. And there's, I think working at a school for 15 years, there's something about books with children being hunted that I've really quite enjoyed. They're them, the Hunger Games, the Maze Runner series. <laughs> the, the little bits of me thought, oh, thank God, finally they're getting their comeuppance. So any other things about the Far Show you want to add? Paul, Paul Whitehouse, obviously linking back to Shooting Stars earlier, I, I love Paul Whitehouse and Bob Mortimer's friendship these days over mm. the, the shared interest of having heart problems and the um, Mortimer and Whitehouse gone fishing is just one of the best things I've seen on telly in the last couple of years. Uh, yeah, other than the fishing aspect, of it i feel like they put together a program just for me yeah you know, i can understand trying to get healthier looking at lovely like british wildlife and then i think bob mortimer without a script is the funniest person in the world me and miller were talking about it earlier where the there's a scene where bob mortimer stands at the bottom of paul whitehouse's bed and tries to do a robert de niro impression it's just comedy gold where he can't remember the name of meet the parents calls it mr fiddler <laughs> Just, and then there's a compilation on YouTube with him falling over. Every yeah. time he falls over, I laugh. He tried to do a tarot, um, tarot reading using Proset cards. Just love it. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a bit where they open the boot to get their fishing gear out and Bob Morton was talking and Paul Whitehouse goes, you do realise there's a half-eaten chicken in your boot there, don't you? <laughs> and Bob Mortimer says, yeah, 
That's all right. It's just my car meat. <laughs> <laughs> when Bob Mortimer turns up late, I think it's the last episode in series one, he turns up late and Paul Whitehouse is visibly annoyed at him and says, you're such an irritating man, aren't you? And then he goes to talk again and Bob Mortimer talks over the top of him. Uh, thank- oh, thank you. <laughs> like, he was almost poking the bear there. But their relationship is just amazing. They're such good friends. They yeah. try to look after each other. And then there's yeah. all... They, like I always like, there's a tinge of like heartfelt moments in there as well. I think it's possibly the perfect program on telly especially at the moment it's beautiful i loved it i absolutely loved it long way to go on to do more and more series of that i just i think they're amazing like a lot of it takes place in the y valley which is where i live now you look at the places they stay in and i think oh i looked that up on airbnb and you think oh thousand pound a night yeah maybe not the christmas one where they met chris rear in the pub paul whitehouse just casually asked how he's getting home <laughs> chris rear perfect I uh, sent my mum her Mother's Day card the other day. Didn't really know what to write in it. And I think maybe inspired by doing this podcast and kind of recollecting bits and pieces that we like. So in, in my mum's Mother's Day card, I wrote a little extra note kind of saying, you know, thanks for the, the passing on a, a sense of humour because it, it's, you know, always nice to kind of find things funny. And I wrote in the card my top three like, humorous memories from when I was younger with my mum. And one of one of them was actually, the reason I discovered Vic and Bob on Shooting Stars was um, Chris Rea was a guest on Shooting Stars one yeah. episode when I was just at home one night on a Friday I didn't know who Vic and Bob were didn't know about mm. Shooting Stars and my mum just saw that Chris Rea was on some show so I turned it on to watch it to see him and then I that was it uh, that was my first yeah. Shooting Stars experience during that episode he barely talks doesn't he he's a complete, completely uninterested by the whole <laughs> yeah. thing which is a shame yeah. he's like Bob Mortimer's hero is that where you got yeah. your sense of humour from Mark I know your dad that's quite funny but was you, I've not really met your mum that much both of them both of yeah. them I think different things yeah different things from both there's 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 certain things that my, my dad loves that he's that he passed on to me and then certain things that my mum has and then other things that you just find yourself as you go along but yeah definitely a, a, the, the initial interest in kind of comedy was was there mm. from both of them i think what about you milan i think probably from my dad i think but to be fair i'll probably just steal it off mates to be fair i think i got into <laughs> harry enfield because of yeah. christian mooney <laughs> Oh, I used to yeah, work. I think it's, yeah, I was just going to say, I think it's just that desire to fit in. Yeah, uh, I've worked with Christian Mooney <laughs> in a, a pub in uh, Welling Garden City, and he is fantastic. He's one of the funniest people I've met. He's because I knew his older brother Lewis quite well, very well from uh, football. And I, I didn't even know he had. Well, I knew him that well. I didn't know he had a little brother. And then working <laughs> with Christian. It was absolutely hilarious. And you just come up with ideas of things to do. So one night there was the quiz in the, the pub was called The Atomal. And uh, it was a wireless microphone and it was, I, I volunteered to do the quiz. I thought I'd be, you know, talk a bit. And then we decided to find out how far this wireless microphone would go. So I, on the phone to him, started walking down the street, down, what, what's that road called, Checkers, to see how far this microphone would go. And then I thought, well, I could possibly pop in the Shamrock here, who's the pub next door. And I read out a whole round from the, the bar in the Shamrock when I had a pint. <laughs> I thought this is possibly not a good thing. I can't imagine, like, the people in the Shamrock, most of them are drunk enough by that time of the night. But just watching this bloke dressed in the an Atomore black shirt and trousers, reading out questions to himself at a bar into a microphone. Right, uh, right let's move on to the next clip. Right, I'll go with one of mine. I'll go with history today. Good evening. Once again, I'm joined by Professor F.J. Lewis, Emeritus Professor of History at All Saints College, Oxford. I understand that some viewers felt that last week we rather skated over the topic of Great Britain 1931-38, the austerity years. I can only offer my apologies and pledge that Professor Lewis and myself shall make every endeavour to fully explore tonight's topic of discussion, the 1905 Sebastopol Uprising. Professor Lewis, 
Do you feel, as many do, that Sebastopol was indeed the birthplace of the Russian Revolution? See people who talk like this. <laughs> That's you, that is. That's you talking your best. I see. You see girls running like this. That's you, that is. That's how you run. See your bike. It's a girl's bike. I do not own a bicycle. You do. And it's a girl's bike. Well, I'd just it's like to... for girls. You see those workmen's tents in the road? I have observed them. That's your house. That's where you go on holiday. You see this? This is my drink. You can't have none. Yum, yum. Tasty. Oh, I've just remembered. Sorry, I'm busy drinking my drink. Your dad phoned me up the other day. My father? What did he say? Professor Lewis, if we might return to the matter in hand. Yes. I have here a copy of your book, Origins of the Crimean War. Poo! Smells of poo. That's because it's been inside your mum's bra. <laughs> well, it would appear. That's why it's so very smelly. It would appear that the Sebastopol question is one that will continue to cause heated debate between historians. <laughs> Professor Lewis, thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> OK, that was a clip from History Today, which was part of the Mary White House experience. I think that clip was from a, a special, like a, a comic relief or something along those lines. It starred David Padill and Rob Newman. I have my, fond memories of the Mary White House experience. Very student comedy when I was... But it was probably when I was like 10 years old. And I remember History Today, uh, the guy who says Milky Milky. But other than that, I've not got too many memories of it. What about yourselves, Miller? No, I think it really was a bit too early for me because I would have been, what, seven or eight then? <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but have, you, have you ever retrospectively looked look back on these history? Yeah, no, I, like, I know now it's obviously that's a really famous sketch mm -hmm. uh, uh, from them. Um, and I've always found sort of David Baddiel quite underrated as a sort of comedian and a performer because I think like later on when it was, he's obviously with Frank Skinner who's quite yeah. quick off the mark and he sort of has to take the back seat but I think looking back at those clips he is he's a funny bloke he is definitely a funny bloke yeah they're the first kind of like almost indie rock and roll comedians if you know what I mean could sell out arenas because yeah. they mm -hmm. were the first uh, duo to ever sell out Wembley Stadium Wembley Arena and uh, there was a big kind of riff not a riff but they kind of a joke between them and Sean Locke because Sean Locke was their support act so technically he was the first person to play a full Wembley <laughs> arena and then he comes on if you ever see um, Badil and Newman 
uh, live. If you can, if you can find that, it is like an hour and a half of genius. It's so so good. And like you say, with Badil, kind of takes a back seat to Frank Skinner. I think a lot, especially the fantasy football. And he was the kind of standout star from it, wasn't he? But he couldn't have done it without Badil, you know. And then obviously Badil's into his uh, very forthright now, trying working for everyone's rights and things, isn't he? He doesn't do a lot of comedy anymore. He did a stand-up, the Bill of uh, Bill of Morality. Have you ever seen any of that? So no. back in the like the 1600s, 1700s, there was uh, a list each week of how people had died. And he goes through and I remember like four people this month had died of lethargy, which he just says they just couldn't be bothered to live anymore. You know? <laughs> so do you have much memories of this, Mark? Yeah, I do, actually. I, I remember watching this when it was on. So History Today, uh, Milky Milky, which I'm still not allowed to say now because that's uh, Emma, Emma still has like a bit of a phobia of dairy because of that. Really? Yeah. So if I, if I say it now, I get I get told off. Uh, Ray, Rob, uh, Rob Newman did ray the, the sarcastic bloke oh yes uh, and they did um, a lot about m khan m khan is ben yeah which yeah. was uh, some graffiti on a motorway bridge <laughs> or something but they really went to town on this like aliens coming down and discovering m khan <laughs> going back into yeah. space and then there was there was some good crystal maze parodies they did <laughs> yeah he has to make a cup of tea yeah Oh, I'll, to, I'll, um, throw, I'll throw that in there as well. That's awesome. Then there was, a, I, I remember, I've got memories of a of a football bit. I think it was maybe when it was a take on football being taken on in the USA. So it was it was like American sports people talking about football, soccer or soccer. Yeah, the Tottenham Hotspurs and the yeah, and his name is uh, Steve Hodge, nicknamed the shit. Yeah, and then a goal's just about to go in. They cut to a so it must be pre ninety four. It cut to a yeah. sham, shampoo commercial. Oh. It, it was genius at the time but like I say another kind of like Adam and Joe almost like student humour wasn't it I'm really glad with things like that and I don't know if it's because you just loved it so much at the time that you just never go back on it but I, I still find history today very funny even though it's very juvenile but then the people doing it were adults yeah. kind of behaving like children so there's no reason why you can't find it funny still but I'm know. glad I'm glad you picked that one because um, the bit in that where Badil he deal stops corpse in yeah 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 that's always good isn't it I think that's a big thing on Saturday Night Live the, the corpse in sketches almost bring the comedy to that sketch you know well I was my um, my Vic and Bob slash shooting stars one that I was looking at maybe picking for this was um, the George Dawes buys a caravan and they they both start laughing in that <laughs> to the point that they almost just give up in the end they're just kind of both just laughing at each other and just he just walks off like shakes his hand and walks off and just, they famously um, didn't want George Dawes or Matt Lucas to tell them what they were doing in any of these sketches did they no you do wonder sometimes that because I think um, Vic and Bob in um, the Stops interviews, I, I don't know this for sure, but you get the impression that neither one of them had seen the other one's question. Those Stott interviews. Like a game. I think the original one with Sting is one of the best bits of comedy of all time. We still talk about it now, don't we? Um, like, Miller, you're a massive yeah. fan of the Stots, aren't you? Yeah, I, I think I even sent you a photo once of me, socks and giant shoes on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I always remember the Damon Hill one for some reason, I think. Yeah. Getting back to put get about to shit again do you, do you take a nice relaxing poo <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah that one with Caprice one with Sinead O'Connor they're all really good aren't they but then you, you know you write that down on paper and say right this is what we're going to do you struggle to find the comedy in it but obviously they bring out the, the best in each other don't they I think Padilla and Newman are very much the same was that Meryl Ice experience like 
Hugh uh, Dennis went on to obviously mock the week and things like that. And Steve Punt had his own career and with I think more writing, but yeah, as a collective, they've all gone on to do big stuff. I think that's one of the big threads throughout this podcast is you know everyone we've really talked about from uh, like Simon Pegg to uh, Joe Cornish have all gone on to massive careers just through these sketch comedy shows. Talented, talented people. Like, well, yeah, David Deal is like children's books as well, isn't he? As well now, I looked through fantasy football for kind of I think any sketch from fantasy football you could possibly use and then we spoke about Phoenix from the Flames and I think that could be possibly another episode of our famous uh, of our favourite Phoenix from the Flames is <laughs> just in its own, uh, episode in its own right yeah did you ever watch uh, Dylan Skinner Unplanned because I used to love that but I don't know how that would I mean yeah. have you ever watched it since since it's been on no never uh, but then I've read um, Frank Skinner's autobiography quite a few times and he says about that first episode of uh, Dylan Skinner Unplanned where the first half, they f- struggled because no one really knew what was going on to get a, a laugh. And then he said in the ad break, he had to stand up and do like some of his best jokes just to remember what comedy was like and get the crowd kind of going <laughs> and getting them back into it. But there were some real highlights that come out of there. That was a really good show. And like, I, can, yeah. I, can't, I can't believe like ITV said, yeah, go ahead. We're happy with this show, you know. But yeah, I'd, I'd love to watch that back and see if, yeah, like you say, has it, how well has it aged? Yeah, because I, I can't remember. Was it quite topical? Was it on the... Yeah, well, they like got people, the, in the, people in the audience to read out questions and suggestions. Yeah, and they, they did, yeah. And they had the big whiteboard where people wrote down so they couldn't mention the same topic twice. But uh, I remember this uh, lady uh, said to them too, if they could have a threesome with anybody, like who would it be? And they both said, well, it'd be awkward with someone famous so probably you <laughs> this poor woman in the crowd just sitting there amazing but like just incredibly talented people doing incredibly funny stuff right i'll, uh, I'll go on to i'll throw a little extra one in there because it's Stuart lee afternoon sir may i have one bag of these lovely red apples please that depends sir on what or whether i have any apples in stock sir there are literally dozens of apples here why i can see them in my very own two eyes that's as may be sir but i'm afraid you'll have to call head office to find out if i've got any available to sell sir head office yes sir the national apple office sir what but this is ridiculous you can't expect me to just look and see if i've got any apples sir my job is to sell apples not to know if i've got any apples to sell sir oh good heavens man that's the number sir oh very well Hello? Is that the National Apples Office? Yes, I'm calling from... Kevin's Apple Shop. Kevin's Apple Shop. I wondered if you could tell me if you had any apples in stock there. There are. Thank you. There. A bag of apples, please. Certainly, sir. What type, sir? What? What type, sir? I've got Baldwin, Blenheim, Brayburn, Bramley, Cameo, Cortland, Cox's, Crips, Egremont, Elstar, Empire, Gala, Annie Crips, Johnny Gold, McCoo, Noble Blush, Pippin, Pippin, Pink Pearl and Down, Red Delicious, Ribston, Roxbury, Rome, Granny Smith's, and Gravenstein, and of course, the ever-popular Golden Delicious, sir. Oh, for God's sake, I don't care! I just want some apples! Ooh, that's a juice of a rise, sir. I can't just give you any old apples. More than we jobs worth, sir. All right! All right! I'll have six Golden Delicious apples, then... Six golden delicious, I say! Sorry, sir. What? You can't expect me to know if I've got any golden delicious in stock, sir? But this is ludicrous. Does that mean I have to call, call the, the National, National Apples Office again? Yes, sir, Very yes, well. <laughs> Hello? Is that the National Apples Office? Yes, I'm calling from Kevin's Apple, Apple Shop. <laughs> I wanted to know if you had any golden Gold delicious. delicious apples in stock there. No? Oh. Oh, dear. Well, ask what I do have in stock then, sir. Very well. Which varieties do you have in stock there? Yes. 
Baldwin, Blenheim, Braben, Bramley, Cameo, Cortland, Coxes and Cripps, Eglamant, Alstar, Empire and Gala, Honeycrisp, Jonah Gold, McCoon, Noggle, Blush, Pippin, Biffin, Pig, Pearl and Dome, Red Delicious, Ripton, Roxbury and Rome, Granny Smith and Gravenstein. Thank you. Every single type of apple except Golden Delicious, then. Oh, that is an unfortunate coincidence, sir. Well, what other type of apple would you like, sir? Do you take me for a fool, sir? But where you're driving at, sir? I'll say which type of apple I want, and then there'll be some other problem, and I'll have to call the National Apples Office again and repeat the whole absurd palaver. Not at all, sir. Honestly? I'm a dear old mother's grave, sir. All right, I'll have six Granny Smiths, then. You certainly can have, sir. Here you are, sir. Six... Lovely Granny Smith's apple, sir. Might I have them in a bag? Beg your pardon, sir? A bag! Might I have my apples in a bag? Sorry, sir? A paper bag! A paper bag, yes, sir? Yes, a paper bag! Like one of those over there! Mm, can't I expect me to know if I've got any paper bags, sir? I'm afraid you'll have to call the National Paper Bag Office, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Either of you two seen that before? Yeah, doesn't he end up with his trousers falling down and crawling around on the floor? And Yeah, and uh, Kevin Eldon's standing above him pretending to poo out apples whilst this woman <laughs> yeah. playing a trombone follows them both around playing <laughs> comedy noises on the trombone. What I love about it is kind of it's anti-sketch show, isn't it? But still, a sketch is yeah. still funny. And it was in within Stuart Lee's comedy vehicle, which is another fantastic program, well worth watching. Even if you're not a fan of Stuart Lee, I think you'd be a fan by the end of it. It's a play on the four candles sketch, isn't it? Where they're just basically saying that every <laughs> sketch show from the past is rubbish, <laughs> and then the fact they smash up the shop at the end just makes it all the funnier. I've probably seen that sketch fifty times, and I've laughed fifty times. Milo, you're a big fan of Stuart yeah. Lee. I am. But he ruins everything I love. <laughs> Only fools and horses. Yeah, and then I, trigger. I, I don't. I don't feel like I can because I, I love Stuart Lee so much that when he says something's shit. I can't get it out of my head that it's now shit. Like I yeah. used to quite like Mark Watson as well as a stand-up, mm. but after he did the whole thing about the apples, the cider advert that Mark <laughs> Watson did, I sort of could never look at Mark Watson again. And think yeah. You're funny. <laughs> mm. So yeah, I, I like him, but yeah, he just he ruins everything for me. Have you seen him live before? Yeah, I've see, seen a couple of his DVDs. He's, um, he's such a genius because you feel like if you don't laugh at him, you're wrong you know yeah so yeah you, you have a you have to agree with all his standpoints otherwise you're going to look stupid in his eyes and you don't want to because you have so much respect for him mark you've actually met him haven't you i've seen him live a few times and on, on one of the occasions he did the kind of sits at a table outside afterwards signing stuff i've got to say a big thank you to the woman in front of me in that queue though because she anyone who listens to this who knows what Stuart lee is like the woman in front of me in the queue to kind of do a little meet and greet asked if he would sign her breasts. Yeah. And he, he just said no. He didn't quantify his answer at all. He just said no. And then she turned around and walked off. So I got the opportunity to then kind of engage with him directly afterwards when he, when he was still... And he did that classic thing where he sort of said no to her and then she walked off and then I sat down and it was still bothering him yeah. that she'd asked that. So he kind of did that kind of like, said to me, hello, how, how are you? What's your name, Mark? And then like, <laughs> looked at her as she walked off like really disparaging look behind her as she walked off um so yeah made it made it just a little bit of a just put a little personal touch on that meeting when usually it's just a bit of a conveyor belt isn't it you just yeah. kind of take it into and didn't you have a suggestion for him oh yeah because he said he said like can, he, he looks can you believe that and I, I was like no i suggested he could maybe so he didn't have to kind of touch her he could just get like a librarian stamp instead of actually using a pen <laughs> <laughs> he, he, just, he just said yeah yeah stamp yeah 
That's a good idea, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then and then proceeded to spell my name wrong on my book that he was signing. I think that's kind of a given, isn't it? Would he go with yeah. Mark, Mark with a K or Yeah, Cark. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Uh, we went to see him in London together, didn't we? And he was. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, he was amazing. And um, on the way out, he was walking up the stairs, and this guy stopped him for a selfie, and he said, "Yeah, that's fine." And they had a selfie together, and I, it kind of ruined everything about Stuart Lee for me. Almost, you know, I was hoping he was like this all the hundred percent of the time, but obviously, it's a character on stage, comedian asshole that he that he is. <laughs> and um, I went to see him in St Albans, and uh, I sat down, and this guy. This, quite drunk guy sat down next to me and Stuart Lee said like oh I'm gonna do about an hour and a half and the bloke next to me shouted that's too long and I just looked at him and said look mate he's not that type of comedian (laughs) (laughs) you are not gonna get anything out of him from doing that but yeah I think the comedy vehicle I think almost my favorite episode is the first ever episode when he talks about Asher D's book yeah I suggest to anyone go find that it is a genius work of art you know it's great but you're right he, he does ruin everything that you like quite a fan of Russell Howard I was at the time and then he <laughs> takes the mickey out of Russell Howard for like an hour for not spending his whole amount of time doing charity bike rides or something isn't it <laughs> and, uh, and Russell and I like to brand as well but Stuart Lee says like oh you can read his book and dismiss it as rubbish if you want or you can just dismiss it as rubbish without reading it to save time <laughs> uh, he does that he does that brilliant bit where he reads out from a quote from Russell Brand when all the racism was happening in the Big Brother house with uh, Shil Pachetti and Jay Goody and he said it's like a sex offender having a conversation with himself whether it's okay to touch himself (laughs) and I'm not a massive fan of James Corden so when he was taking the mickey out of James Corden I was kind of yes that's fine I'm happy to agree with that yeah go ahead James Corden is the antichrist as far as i'm concerned he's like i will take an opportunity once a week to tell someone i hate james corden right should we move on to the our last one which uh, from all the sketches that i got sent this week by both of you because obviously i've got to ask for, for permission from these people to show these sketches so thank you for doing that i've played the last one this is the one that i laughed at the most so thank you mark for your uh, last choice many people associate spain with cheap package holidays crowded beaches and the barbaric slaughter of bulls. But it has to be said, Spain has more to offer than that. <laughs> Let's avoid the usual loutish behaviour of Brits abroad and discover beautiful countryside, picturesque castles, and let's not forget the generous Spanish hospitality. Wine, senor. Cheers. Or as they say in Spain, Cheers. <laughs> yes, with just a little effort to get off the beaten track, often we soon discover a sense of history, delightful characters, and <laughs> let's not forget some generous Spanish hospitality. <laughs> With a little imagination, you'll soon come across Jemrem Flamingo dancers and traditional craft. And let's not forget the generous Spanish hospitality. <laughs> 
Hey! Get off your ass! You should find traditional flamingo boots and historical hand-stitched castles. Senor, time freeze. We are closed. Closed. And don't forget, ever get a wonderful, stupendous, generous Spanish hospitality. horribly underrated in my eyes and that is <laughs> I think that sketch and the black pepper sketch would go down as like in my top 10 of all time Mark you've had, you have a, a deeper connection to this don't you oh just yeah me and my brother used to just absolutely howl at that like hail and pace in general but that one and it's one of those things that's just sort of crossed over as they say and my wife now shouts Spain like that <laughs> My mum, my mum still says it. <laughs> I just think it's so funny. I mean, like we've we obviously like do these things and talk about the kind of the history and the kind of other avenues that the people have gone down. But you know, that is just funny. It's just so funny, and I think you can get the gist if you're just listening to the audio of that. Yeah. But another one that I would just beg you to go and watch because some of the extra bits in it that he does are just mm. oh they're just it's just I'm just I'm really really laughing again watching it then was when you sent it over I was like hail and pace and then went oh it's that generous Spanish hospitality and like Gareth it's Gareth Hale isn't it his yeah. facial expressions throughout that is absolutely amazing and then little bits where he's dribbling or he's spilling stuff on himself obviously you can't see that on the pod but it's it is absolutely hilarious. And every time he says Spain, I laugh again. I watch that again now, and I'd still laugh every time he said Spain. Uh, and his kind of five stages of drunkenness are really well acted. Like, he's done yeah. so well there. Like, what about you, Miller? Are you a fan of Hale and Pace? I've not watched a lot of Hale and Pace. I basically be, remember be older, from Miller. A, sorry. I, I do remember <laughs> them from the Clarets advert. <laughs> oh, the bastardisation of fucking <laughs> comedy sketches. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, I do remember a few. I'm sure there's one that where they were playing football, but it was like on a minefield or something, England versus Kuwait or something like that. 
Are there any bits in that You've that you can't understand what he's saying? Yeah, there is like a little chunk when he's uh, he's talking about donkeys pulling fiats, and then after that, yeah. not a clue. For years, the years, the bit that I didn't understand was, and then I had that one of those idiotic eureka moments where I realised all he says is Spain, oh bloody lay. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the uh, the Black Pepper co- compilation? I think it, it sounds like one of the things that I'd have to watch to kind yeah. of jog my memory. Yeah. Uh, so um, uh, Norman, Norman Pace, sorry, he is uh, a waiter at an Italian restaurant and he's giving people meals and then Gareth Hale comes around and puts Black Pepper on it, no matter what it is, like coffees, ice cream and everything. And then that continues to be like a running theme, like about five or six other sketches, culminating in the waiter's funeral when there's loads of other waiters around in the grave, and then when he's laid to rest, they all start filling it with black pepper. It's, <laughs> like I say, underrated. You said hail and paste to a lot of people, they just immediately go crap. And I think they, those people have not like looked into enough of hail and paste. I think they think of the Clarets advert and the stonk, and then write off everything else. But they're... they're yeah, <laughs> their songs at the end were always quite good. I think, because yeah. being ginger at school, I got the It's Utterly, Utterly Rotten To Be Ginger song sung at me quite a bit, <laughs> mainly yeah. by my, my best friend Greg. But uh, yeah, I think they could stand up against any other duo, really. And, How did Greg remember the words to that? Oh, he was incredibly spiteful when it, <laughs> when it, when it occurred. <laughs> Luckily enough, to, I spoke to Greg the other day on the, on the phone, right, by text, but he is Halley's comment of a man you know, you don't hear from him in so long. When you do, he kind of tops up you. Yeah, I suppose he's a great, great friend. He's so funny. Like, he doesn't even know it. Thanks for that, Mark. That was really, really good. And uh, have you got anything else to, on Hail and Pace, mate? No, I, I think that that is one that, you know, speaks for itself. Yeah. Just watch it. Just, just anyone who listens to this who isn't my dad my brother <laughs> or my wife or my mum that's good Mark. that's like 50% of our audience I think is yeah. Rockles I think um, that was partially inspired by Keith Floyd uh, yeah maybe good shout yeah. out yeah he was very much of the same ilk just being drunk in place <laughs> I uh, I contacted uh, Gareth Hale's agent to ask if what he remembers about that sketch and it, I, will, I will let you know next week if he gets back to me but I very much doubt it. Right, uh, so anything else you want to add, lads? What are we doing next? Oh, that's a good shout. We're, um, we're yet to come up with it, but we're going to turn this into two parts so we can have a, a week off next yeah. week. Uh, What's um, on the shortlist? What's on the shortlist then? What's on the shortlist at the moment? Uh, um, well, we have, I like the idea of children's TV programmes, but then yeah, um, moments from sitcoms, I think, is probably our next one. That's good. I liked yeah. your thing that you asked me, not, not due to the pod, but a while back. You just asked me about like what what I refer to as like go to clips. So no oh, specific, right, yeah. yeah, not not a specific kind of genre, but just things that you find yourself going to yeah. all the time. There'll be a nice bit of variety in that because it might be music, might yeah. be funny. So that's that's a good one. Sports films, sports films, and yeah, yeah, good. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Ian, for coming on with us. Uh, Ian, have I ever called you Ian? <laughs> oh, I, I felt that was very formal. I quite <laughs> <Yeah>. like it. <laughs> yes. Carry on. Thank you so much, Miller, for coming on and to giving your time to us to talk about irrelevant <laughs> uh, sketches and comedy and in general. Like I said, I'm a, I really appreciate you coming on. And I always, I think whenever I find you in pubs, we end up talking for a couple of hours about different things within comedy like you know have we missed out things like the day-to-day on here and time trumpet and uh, 
what's the um what was the the fake tomorrow's world one look around you is that uh, serafinovich yeah peter, peter yeah. serafinovich um medibot yeah yeah that came very uh, yeah. close to being involved. <laughs> I think this is a two-parter, but we could probably go again with this, couldn't we? Like you say, like you say there's a lot out there. Go out. <clears throat> yeah, time trumpet. Forgot about that. Well, you we have to come on with the next one, mate. Well, yeah. We'll see how this one goes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on. And, uh, all right. I'll Cheers, you all next week. Cheers. Yeah, yeah, Cheers. Please subscribe to us at youtubereviewpodcast.blogspot.com or see us on Twitter at RockleRussell1.